Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Good morning and welcome to Talk Money here on AM 990. Obviously, I am not Jim Shoemaker. I'm Keith Quinn. Jim Shoemaker is traveling this today. Uh, I will be here hosting in his place. We have got a fantastic show coming up for you. We're going to have Jim Whitehead, who's an advisor with Shoemaker Financial, talking to us about some things that clients uh, expect from their advisors. And then Chris Purcell with some questions that you need to ask when selecting an advisor. I know I've been on the last couple of weeks with Jim, and we've been talking a lot about the economy. We had Rusty Leonard on last weekend. Uh, last Friday, Rusty was talking to us about some of the things that were going on overseas, some of the things uh, going on with oil prices. We had mentioned that there was a, a meeting in Doha, Cutter, last Sunday potentially a freeze on oil production. And obviously, when we're thinking about the economy, when we're thinking about the markets in the short term, at least, the market has moved uh, pretty closely with oil prices. So we have been watching that, trying to see if we can get some clarity about where the prices will go. Well, we talked about the meeting last weekend, and they did not come to an agreement. The Saudis, uh, the Saudi Arabia, Russia, two of the biggest oil producers, had met with some of the other OPEC uh, nations trying to come up with a plan where they could potentially freeze oil production at the January levels. They did not come up with that. The Saudi Arabia came in and said that they would not agree to any talks of a freeze unless the Iranians agreed as well. Well, the Iranians have decided that they are not going to freeze production, and they've been pretty clear about this the whole time, until they get back to the pre-sanction levels. Right now, we look at oil production, and again, we watch this pretty closely because the market has been moving closely with oil prices. Iranian oil production back to about 3.1, 3.2 million barrels a day, and that is below the pre-sanction levels of 4 million barrels a day. So as the Iranians ramp up production... Doesn't look like we are going to get any deal uh, between the OPEC nations, but that's okay. And the reason I say that is ultimately we would rather have the market work this out. We think, uh, believe very strongly in fundamentals. And when you talk about oil and you talk about fundamentals, you're basically talking about supply and demand. One of the things that we did see last year that we're continuing to see this year that I don't think does get enough press is the demand for oil has gone up. We've talked an awful lot about China. We talk about China having slowing growth. Of course, the Chinese, concerns about the Chinese economy, which is the second largest economy, and what that signaled for global growth was something that sparked the volatility in the markets last August, played over into the beginning of this year. Certainly in January, we saw a lot of volatility, saw the markets dropping. We have made back those losses as far as U.S. stocks. We are positive for the year. Uh, but we have been having this concern about the production and uh, demand for oil. Well, if we look at last year, oil's gone up about 1.3 million barrels a day. The demand for oil projected to go up very uh, close to the same amount this year, about 1.2 million barrels a day. And the other side of the supply uh, issue is demand. So what's happening to de well, demand and the other side of the demand issue is supply. So what's happening to the supply? Well, supply has been down in the U.S., 
Looking over the last 12 months, supplies down about 600,000 barrels a day. Again, the U.S. also a big producer of oil. So we're going to start to see these things even out as we go into the second half of the year. And ultimately, we think that will be good for oil prices. Now, oil is incredibly volatile. There are a lot of things that can drive the price of oil. Uh, so we do want to pay attention to that. And long term, we do think that, uh, as Rusty Leonard had said to us last week, Lower oil prices translate into lower prices for gas, which translates into more money in consumers' pockets, which translates into greater retail sales. The U.S. economy basically driven two-thirds of the economy by consumer spending. So lower gas prices does have an effect on the economy. We haven't seen that uh, have quite as much of an effect as we have in the past. There's a couple of offsetting concerns higher health care premiums being one of them, so the money hasn't gone directly back into the economy like it often has in the past, but we do expect to see that later in the year. Keeping up with the volatility, the one thing that we consistently say, and I know Jim always says, the market hates uncertainty. So what are the other headwinds we're facing when we look at the economy, when we look at the stock market here in the United States, things that we have to consider as investors? Well, one of them is the Federal Reserve. We've talked a lot on the show, and I know Jim has, about when will the Federal Reserve raise rates. We talked about it with Rusty last week. What impact will that have on the economy? What impact will it have on stock prices, on bonds? How much do we have to worry about that as investors? Well, we would always say at Shoemaker Financial, as long-term investors, that's not really our focus, trying to figure out what the Fed's going to do in the short term. Ultimately, the Fed raising rates is a signal of confidence in the economy. The Fed is looking at a couple of different metrics. They're looking, number one, at employment, and we have seen some improvements in employment. We see the employment rate dropping down to about 5%. Uh, that's getting us very close to what we would consider to be full employment. And we look at inflation. So the Fed always uh, also looks at inflation. We haven't seen as much on the inflation front. We haven't seen as much wage growth as we'd like to see, and that's been one of the issues that's plagued us since the recovery began uh, after the recession that began in December of 2007. We've seen pretty slow wage growth, haven't seen a tremendous amount of inflation, but that is one of the metrics that the Federal Reserve is going to look at before they start raising rates. All that being said, they will probably <clears throat> excuse me, raise rates later this year, but that is one of the things that will cause the market some concern. And again, with this unknowing, does lead to increased volatility. Well, the second thing we saw, and we talked about it a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago when Shannon Dyson was on the program with us, has been the U.S. elections. Donald Trump posted a major victory in New York. I think he got over 60% of the vote. Uh, totally expected to do that. So what would that mean if we have a Trump presidency? Uh, we will just have to keep our eye on that and see how it goes because all signs are that we're going to a contested convention, Republican convention in July. Uh, and that should be quite an interesting spectacle. And it's so interesting, and I don't understand. And guys, you, you chip in here if, if you've got any thoughts on this and what you're hearing from people when we look at Trump, I do not get the appeal. Uh, he's talked about, he goes back and forth, and, and the idea that he's not a politician, well, he just came out this week and said that he is for, now get this, for raising taxes on the wealthy. He wants to increase the tax rate on people like himself. 
which is great until you go to his website and read his platform. And his platform tax plan is to lower the top rate, which is right around 40%, all the way down to 25%. So his words don't match up with his policies, which to me indicates that he isn't thinking a whole heck of a lot about these policies. He doesn't seem to have those strong beliefs that are developed over thinking about these issues uh, for years. And that just, to me, is a, a really concerning sign. And he is leading uh, as far as being the leading contender for the Republican nomination. Well, you know, the one thing I think that he is great at is he is a master of ratings. He can say things and twist the strategy so that he's always at the public forefront of whatever discussion is going on. And from a business perspective, he won't say what he's really thinking till he decides to make a stand for it. So I think that his mastery is in the ratings and how he's performing in front to get people to notice what he's saying so that then he can make, I'm hoping, a good difference in what he's going to decide to do. Jim, and that was Jim Whitehead. And Jim, thanks for joining us this morning. And I think that's an excellent point. He is absolutely uh, run a campaign that has not been based on any kind of traditional model. He has said things that have been so outrageous that have, have kept him front and center uh, in the news cycle. And I think that's a great point. He is a master showman. He has said that he will absolutely start to act more presidential. Uh, I don't know. I'd kind of rather have someone who is presidential rather than has to act presidential. Uh, but we'll see how it plays out. No, I agree with that. One thing that Ben Carson said was uh, that, that Trump is two different people. Right. You know, when he's out there in front of the cameras, he's the camera guy. But when you get him back in a room, which we don't get the, the value we don't, to yeah, see. Yeah, we don't get to see that. And I think that's the confusing part, right? We don't see the real Trump. We see the showman Trump. That's right. I'd love to be in that back room and get the ideas of what he really wants to do. Yeah, me too. Uh, I would like to figure out if he uh, really gives a lot of thought to these issues. I uh, The one that jumps out at me was the, the nuclear triad, and he didn't understand you know, that we have a policy based on uh, land, sea, and air. Uh, that we use as far as a nuclear deterrent. And this is what got me, is he missed that question in a debate uh, and then was asked the same question three weeks later and still didn't know. I think anyone with just a little bit of intellectual curiosity may have Googled that and seen what the heck it was, considering it's a fairly important issue right. when you're thinking about this country and national defense. Well, thank you for joining us. This is Keith Quinn here on AM 990. You can always listen to us in one of four ways. Obviously, you can listen to us on the radio at AM 990. You can go online, uh, kwam990.com. Just click on Watch and Listen Live. Uh, you can listen to us on your iPhone and go to our podcast at kwam990.com and listen to any pre-recorded shows. We are going to be coming back with Jim Whitehead and Chris Purcell to talk to you and give you some hints on things that people are looking for when they're picking a financial advisor. We always stress how important it is to get good financial advice, and we'll talk more about that coming up right after we take a quick break for Traffic and Weather. Keith Quinn, Jim Whitehead, and Chris Purcell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Talk money. We'll return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, 
contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the listener as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Helping you make the most of your money, this is Talk Money. And welcome back to Talk Money here on AM 990, the voice of Memphis. I am Keith Quinn here with Jim Whitehead and Chris Purcell. Jim, you know, we mentioned before we went to break, we were going to talk about some of the things that clients, that people are looking for when they're looking for a financial advisor. Obviously, you know, and it's not just that we have a a self-interest in this, but we do believe in the value of having professional advice. You know, I think we've seen study after study that can show how big of an impact. And certainly from my uh, position as the director of investments at Shoemaker Financial, I think a lot about the impact it can have on someone's investments, which bleeds over into their retirement from making some of these mistakes. But an advisory relationship goes a lot deeper than that. So what are some of the things that people are really looking for when they're trying to find that, that advisor that they really have to have? Good question. For the majority of my career, I've been focusing on you know, a superior client relationship with both, the, both from a client perspective and the advisor's perspective. And you know, in our world, we have both the technical side. Right. And you, I know you're going to talk about that later. And the emotional side. And so I've come up with six key things that should be in every client advisor relationship. The first is warmth. Warmth, because that doesn't have anything to do with, you know, where your portfolio is invested or how much money you need for retirement or. No, no, it's all about chemistry. You know, when when you sit down, like the first time you and I met, I know that right. you and I kind of struck it off. We had some good conversations. And, Absolutely. And, and we knew that we were going to be friends probably from day one when you right. were up in Nashville. And it's the same thing with a client relationship. It's what's going on in that room. What's the two people talking or the families talking with the advisor? How do you perceive the person who you're going to be working with? I know over the last um, probably month and a half, I've had about six clients come in thinking about leaving other advisors. And so I was polling them, you know, what's going on. And So six clients that already have an advisory relationship but that are coming to you to talk to you because they're not satisfied with the relationship they have. Right. Some people tell them, go talk to Jim. And, and so when they came in, I'm like, well, what's going on? And, and, and some of them were saying, well, our client's great, very technical, very smart, but we're not connecting. Um, a couple of other ones said, well, our advisor comes across a little authoritarian, knows a lot, and is kind of telling us what we need to do. And another approach that I heard um, evident was, I always feel like they're wanting us to buy something. And so what I realized Going back to warmth, it's all of, it's not about the process. It's not about the agenda. It's about connecting with who you're talking to, the advisor to the client, and trying to discover what's important to the client. And that's what we always talk about and certainly stress is that it is all about the client, and it's not a cookie-cutter approach. And I guess you're saying that, that that warmth enables them to get the advice because I imagine the guys who were technically good were probably giving them good advice or the guy who, as you said, more of an authoritarian telling them what to do. It doesn't necessarily mean that there was anything wrong with the advice, but does it just make it harder to follow that advice, to embrace that plan if you don't have that element of warmth? Right. And, and I think that we as advisors need to figure out what kind of advisor does the client want. I think that's incredibly important. Right. You know, and a lot of times we don't possess all those skills. So we have to get sure. a team. We have to find other people on the team that has the qualities because it's not about our accomplishments. It's about how we win for the client. 
Right, right. And that's ultimately our goal, right? right? To get the best outcome from the client. That's right. All right. So what's another one? You know, friendliness. I think this is a term that's overused and we think, well, yeah, sure. My, my advisor or the client should be friendly. But, you know, a lot of that has to do with, I know you were talking a minute ago about the oil prices and the economy. Right. You know, so a good advisor is always going to help the, the client with some economic stability, kind of understand what's going on. There's also that emotional security of how does it attach to the client. I know right now no one's griping with me about oil prices. <laughs> they, they love going to the pump, and you know, like, absolutely, they have, more, they have more money to take the kids on trips. It so, feels good to fill up right now. Yeah, that's right. So it's not like 2008 when we were paying four or five dollars a gallon. Absolutely, four forty, no I think, or something yeah. like that it was outrageous. So them connecting to the emotional side of finances is important. But what's really important in the friendliness is how do you take those things and then effectively address the fear uncertainty and doubt in that client's financial picture. So a lot of that is going back to what do they think about money? How were they first how do they first perceive money? How did, you know, the the wife's parents handle money? How did the the husband's parents handle money? How are they doing this together? And some of those fears that they have in the future, which sometimes they don't know right off. Jim, I think that's that is just a, a really great point because everyone's background is going to be a little bit different. I know certainly, uh, you know, my parents and my father especially, you know, grew up in a in a pretty poor area in rural Western North Carolina, and he always has that fear, always carried that fear of right. being poor, you know, of not having enough money throughout his whole life, and it influences his decisions. Doesn't make it wrong, but it's something that you have to understand. And I think you know, similarly, a lot of people went through two thousand and eight. And had that fear of this volatility in the market when we saw the S&P 500, you know, down 57%. And it's kept them from making good investment decisions. So without having an advisor who's willing to take the time to really get to know that client, hard to give them good counsel. That's right. Well, you know, we even have, on the simple terms, spenders and savers. <laughs> and that's, that's it. Right? really is, right. Right. So, okay, we talked about warmth and friendliness. The next one is personal interest. Um you know, you need to have a relationship. In any relationships, you have to kind of in, involve yourself with another person and understand what makes them tick, what makes them happy, what makes them concerned. And, right. You know, a personal interest is, you know, knowing if they play golf or knowing some of their hobbies, but also going deeper and why is that their sport or where do they go play or is that a time? I know with my wife's uh, father, he loves to play golf, but he loves it more when he's playing with the grandkids. <laughs> right. You know, that's, that's a big deal, right? That's a big so deal. Personal interest kind of goes with the first two, but it's, it's really involving yourself in that relationship. It's not just an advisor-client relationship. It's a friendship. It's a lifelong commitment to working with somebody, and you need to know them. I think that's, a, again, another great point. And I know we mentioned earlier, you had mentioned that uh, one of the advisors, they felt like they were more of a product salesman. And that's one of the things that we certainly get away from. And when you were talking about managing money, uh, I always tell people, and I know I've told you guys before, that it's it's never a product sale. It's a relationship. You are trying to lock arms with that person for the rest of their life, throughout their retirement, and you really just can't do that effectively without having some of these, uh, uh, again, interactions to really get to know them, to know what really drives them. And as you said, you know, deal, uh, digging deeper. And I hate to use cliches, uh, but the one we all know, you know, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. They're right. You're absolutely right. You know, and products are there. We all know that. It's like, That's right. It's like, don't go to the grocery store hungry. Because right? <laughs> when you go to the grocery store, you're going to buy everything. You're going to buy right? everything, right. And so we're all hungry for doing things financially correct. Correct. Right. And we don't want to buy something that's not appropriate. 
Right. So, Absolutely. You know, and so when you know the client and you've spent the time to become friendly, to understand who they are, understand what they're concerned about, then you can start thinking about what's on the shelf. Absolutely. And it goes back to, you know, as we do, we're not thinking about, uh, uh, you know, necessarily an individual product. We're thinking about what the client's goal is. And there's, like you said, there are a lot of different ways to accomplish these goals. Uh, you know, I could care less what product we use. And I think that is one of the uh, advantages we have at, at Shoemaker Financial. We have a wide array of things to choose from. So we're never guided into picking one thing over another. We can, you know, have the freedom to pick what's in the client's best interest. Right. Well, now, what's another one, Jim? Okay, We've talked uh, about warmth, friendliness, personal interest. Um, undivided attention. You know, uh, a lot of us get that birthday card or, or we get, hey, your kid graduated. Undivided attention is going a little deeper, and it's making that one-on-one -on -one connection besides just business. Right. So it's um, the personal phone call. Hey, how you doing? I know your mother um, has been in the hospital. Hey, we talked about you this week. We're, we're concerned. It's, it's letting them know, again, not just business connection, but also in the friendship zone where we're, we're reaching out not on an ad hoc basis or a, you know, design basis, but because we care. Right. And, and making sure that things are okay. And now we have formal reviews, which I absolutely love. A lot of advisors out there, they don't follow formal reviews. I think there's a time to sit down and talk about the business of the financial planning and the business of what they're trying to accomplish. Now, you can weave the personal aspect in there as well. But I, I love the fact that, that in our firm, we, we try to have sit-down professional annual reviews. But what I'm talking about is throughout the year, having undivided attention because you know things are going on and circulating in, in the client's life and trying to connect with them to make sure it's okay. I think, again, another great uh, great point. It's not just that you're meeting with that client once a year and then that's the only time you think about it, but having that ongoing relationship just enables you to provide so much better advice. And, you know, we always talk about that. I would want clients who come in, I would want it to be enjoyable for them. You know, I want them to feel like that they're coming in to meet with someone who is not only competent, who's not only incredibly professional, who not only has a great team behind them and can provide good advice, good solutions, uh, but that truly cares about that client and about their, uh, what their best interests are. Right. I think that's a great point. i tell you what, Jim, and this is Jim Whitehead as a financial advisor at Shoemaker Financial. If you'd like to discuss any of this in more detail, I'd encourage you to reach out to Jim. You can reach him at 901-757-5757. Uh, but let's come back, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Then we're going to get into some more technical things that you need to talk with uh, uh, when you're meeting with an advisor. Chris Purcell is going to talk to us about that. But first, let's go to Charles Osgood for the Osgood file. Investments in commodities and natural resources involve heightened risk due to leveraging and speculative investment practices, lack of periodic valuation requirements, and potentially complex tax structures. Talk Money will return right after this. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Helping you make the most of your money, this is Talk Money. 
Good morning and welcome back. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Whitehead and Chris Purcell. Jim, we've been talking about some of the things that clients expect from their advisors. We talked about the importance of warmth, friendliness, personal interest, undivided attention. What else are clients looking for when they're thinking about an advisory relationship? Well, there's two more things. Uh, The first being responsiveness. You know, in today's environment, we have so many different ways to contact a client. We really do. You know, um, busy professionals like scheduled calls. They like to know when they're going to talk, when they're going to meet, what the agenda is going to be about. But there's other ways to contact clients, um, some like text, some like email. And so it's so... I hope you're not going to tell me that you're texting uh, trade information back and forth. Of course not, but hey... (laughs) Which would be incredibly uncompliant. But a lot of times it's, hey, give me a call. Absolutely. Sure, sure, sure. Just to, you know, doctors, dentists, they never... You can't ever get to them. Right. Business owners are traveling and they have so many responsibilities. So you have to find the way to connect. And that responsiveness is a lot of times they can call you and tell you and say, hey, I need you to give me a call or they'll send you an email. But getting back in touch with them is sometimes difficult. Right. So responsiveness is not only doing it in a way that we need to under the the rules and regulations which we fall. Right. It's also making the contact the best way that the client can then reciprocate and get on the phone. Well, and, and, I, come in. and I think that circles back to a lot of the things that you said. It's going to be different from everybody. Uh, some clients would prefer, as you said, you know, might prefer to you to shoot them an email. Some might uh, prefer you to shoot them a text and say, give me a call. But knowing that client, understand how they like to communicate. I know when we think about doing annual reviews, some clients are totally fine to review their investment account annually. Some want to talk about it every quarter, but it's that knowing your client. That's right. You know, and, and clients want us to grow our practice. They Absolutely. want my practice to grow. And so they understand. They want you to stay in the business. So you're going to be there for them. Absolutely right. So they know that by me understanding my limitations. Right. And, and adding staff and doing things of that nature to grow the business, that it grows my capacity to serve them. Sure. And so sometimes the client and I have to work together to find these better strategies to serve the client. And they're okay with that as long as we talk about it, it meets their needs, and and then I can then help the staff understand how to meet their needs. I think that's great. And that goes back to one of the things that we talk about as le- a lot as well. And that's being that, that transparent, helping the client understand where you're coming from. So they can uh, understand, you know, what you're trying to accomplish and having you guys really work well together. Right. All right, Jim, what's the last thing that we had looked at when we're thinking about what clients want from a, a relationship with an advisor? Well, that's going to be direction and guidance. There's an old cliche in the industry that says, he who builds the plan owns the plan. I mean, <laughs> right, we even have some, right. some, some statements like that. But in today's environment, it's about the execution of the plan. So he who executes the plan owns the plan. And in a client-advisor relationship, they need to know next steps. They need to know, what do I need to do, Jim? They need to say, once you figure it out, whatever that is, the hot buttons for them, the concerns, the, the conflict the struggles, the good parts of what they're doing, they need to know, hey, if I follow this strategy, which is the client strategy. It's the client strategy. They need the coach, the owner, the the quarterback, the wide receiver on their team, whatever, to help them implement and execute what they want to do and then hold them accountable, whatever that means for the client. Different clients like to be held accountable different ways. Some just run with it, right. and you got to catch up with them. Some need constant reminders, and it goes back to everything else that we talked about is they need you to be a professional and, and help guide them through financial good days and diversity. So it's almost as if, you know, you become a little bit of a behavioral coach and almost a little bit of a counselor, more from the the psychological side when you're talking about implementing the plan. And of course, you know, at Shoemaker Financial, we would say it is not about the plan. It's about the results. We can print off an incredibly professional looking and incredibly well thought out 
very detailed plan. It looks great. It's got a lot of great information. But if you can't find a way to implement those recommendations, uh, you might as well throw it in the trash because it's absolutely worthless. That's right. You know what? Clients just want to win. Just want to win. Whatever, oh, are we back to Trump now? That's right. Whatever they're doing, right? <laughs> that's whatever right. they're living or whatever's important to them, they want to be successful. Everybody wants to be winning. Well, that's, that's right. right. And winning means something different to everybody. That's you right. know, you what does what does your retirement look like? Yours may not look exactly like right. mine's going to look like. Where are your kids going to go to college? That's right. What or, golf you know course what? are you going to live on? You know, Some, these are these are important right. considerations. All these are wins. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a great way to look at it and some great advice. So just to recap, we're talking about things that clients are looking for in a relationship. Warmth, friendliness, personal interest, undivided attention, responsiveness, getting back to you when they say they will, everybody knowing what each other's obligations are, and then finally direction and guidance and helping them walk out the plan that you've put together by knowing that client. You're absolutely right. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. That was Jim Whitehead, who is a financial advisor at Shoemaker Financial. Jim's a great advisor. I would encourage anyone who has some questions, anyone who wants to sit down and talk about their personal financial situation, who wants to think about some of these things in the context of planning, who wants Jim to help them figure out you know, what their retirement looks like, reach out to Jim at 901-757-5757, and he would be happy to sit down with you. I'm Keith Quinn here on AM 990. We're going to take a quick break. Go to Rebecca Brazier for a Mid-South History Moment, and we will be right back with Chris Purcell and some more questions that you need to ask an advisor before you enter into that relationship. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. Talk money. We'll return right after this. The Peabody Hotel is a landmark virtually synonymous with the South. Like so much of Memphis life in the 1960s, the hotel's beginnings were surrounded by the joys and sorrows life brings. Saddened by the news of his good friend George Peabody's death, the hotel's builder, Colonel Robert Brinkley, named his new building after his friend. Brinkley later gave the hotel to his daughter as a wedding gift. Though the hotel remained in the hands of the Brinkley-Snowden family for decades, it was forced to close and reopen before settling on its present location on Union Avenue in 1925. Since that time, the Peabody has been an important center of culture, not only for Memphis and the Mid-South, but for the whole United States. During the 30s and 40s, the hotel hosted one of just three live national radio broadcasts, while the Skyway and Plantation Roof were an attraction for the great big band dancers. But the hotel's greatest and most enduring feature will always be the Duck March. This has been another Mid-South History Moment. Brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money. And now, here's Keith Quinn. Welcome back to Talk Money here on AM 990. I'm Keith Quinn. We've just been speaking with Jim Whitehead. And now we've got Chris Purcell. Chris, good morning and welcome. Keith, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, Chris, we talked with Jim about some of the more, I guess, uh, uh, touchy-feely, for lack of a better word, aspects of a client relationship. Incredibly important, but that was more about the emotional side. Talk to us about some of the things that we need, that anyone would need to ask an advisor before they would enter into a relationship with them. Because as we said with Jim, it is very much a relationship, but you've got to think about the details as well. 
Certainly. Uh, and when we sit down and talk with people, just educating during seminars, one of the things that we talk about is interviewing your advisor. Right. How are you going to pick an advisor? I think I'm a pretty good one. I know Jim's a great one. Absolutely. But we're not for everybody, and we can't service everybody. And so what you want to do is you want to get out, and there's certain different questions that you want to ask to people to figure out, okay, how am I going to work with this person, and, and, and what are we looking at? Right. So what are some of those questions? Um, one of the first ones, one of the first most important ones is how am I going to, how is the advisor going to make money from the relationship? So how are they going to charge you? Uh, it's, it's great to know in every single relationship you're at, how is this person going to be making money off of me? And it's totally legitimate. People should not be, you know, uh, the least bit hesitant to ask someone about that because anyone who's a legit advisor, as you said, and I know you guys probably bring that up even if clients don't, they need to know how you're compensated. Always. And it's something that we want to be crystal clear on. We want to be uh, completely transparent. When that client walks out the door, we let them know, hey, we're going to be fee-based. We're going to do, maybe we'll write a plan for them and say it's going to cost X amount of money. Right. And then... With that may come recommendations, and at that point, we will get commissions on those things. Right. So it's always important to know exactly what's driving the person on the other side of the seat from you. I think that is that is excellent advice. And again, something that people should not be embarrassed to ask because it is a totally legit question. And I know sometimes, you know, we're almost a little hesitant to ask somebody, well, what are you going to make on this? Uh, but it's a legitimate question in this type of a relationship. Certainly. So Certainly. what's another question that they might be thinking about? Uh, another question would be your investment philosophy. So what are you going, you know, what's going to happen? How are we going to manage risk? What do you want to, how are we making buy, sell decisions? Things like that. Right. And I think, uh, you know, I think that's uh, incredibly important. And I know we were talking about it uh, before the show and you had mentioned, you know, different, uh, different advisors may have a more passive approach to investing. They may be thinking more about an, an indexed approach to investing in the stock market, or they may have, you know, uh, belief that a more active approach might potentially get them a, a longer or a better return. Certainly. And it's, it, and one can be different from the other. The, the question is, is what is your advisor going to be preaching to you? And what do your moral, do everything that you believe in match up with that? Uh, because it's important to know what's going to be going on with your money and how it's going to be handled. And while you may not know every ins and outs of everything that's going on, you want to know the basics and the principles that you guys are going to be using to be investing your money. Excellent point. And that comes back to some of the things that we were talking about with Jim earlier, having those expectations on the front end so clients know what they're going to expect. Now, there's always a debate between passive and active investing. You know, I know at Shoemaker Financial, we believe in active investing. But you have to understand that when you are an active investor, there are going to be times when you're out of sync with the market, potentially more out of sync than the market with the market than a more passive strategy would be. So if we help our clients understand that, they understand what we're doing and why, I think that gives them peace of mind. And I know, Chris, again, we talk about this a lot. You know, what we're ultimately wanting uh, our clients to do is not worry about the market going up and down because we put together a plan according to a long-term goal, and that's what we focus on, that long-term perspective. Absolutely correct. And again, that starts with them understanding exactly the philosophy they're going to be getting behind with their, with their investments. Okay, what's, uh, what's another question that they might ask? Um, so another thing that they'll talk about is portfolio. How are we going to, you know, what are we going to look at for my risk tolerance? And so every client that we have, we give them a MAPS test, which is a model asset portfolio score. Right. Uh, and so that's going to tell us how much volatility they essentially can stomach. Uh, I don't want someone in something incredibly volatile if they're going to be checking every day and they're nervous and they, 
you know, it's just not going to work for them. We want to kind of match up the investments and their volatility with the personality of the people that we're with, as well as their goals that they've got. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about that one an awful lot. And I've always said, you know, when we're thinking about risk, we're thinking about volatility. And, you know, one of the terms we use in the industry that I don't love uh, is that risk tolerance. But you said it right. It was volatility. You know, we think about risk as being a, a potential to have a permanent loss of capital or the inability to earn a rate of return that's going to outpace inflation. So if we own one investment that could potentially go to zero, that's incredibly risky. If we own an investment that's not going to be able to earn a rate of return that will outpace pace inflation, cash, which would have a negative real rate of return when you factor in inflation, that's incredibly risky. But volatility, volatility is the key. If an investor in 2008 had a portfolio that was too volatile and it forced them to get out of that portfolio, God forbid, March uh, 6th of 2008, before the market turned on Monday, March, not March 9th, they made a huge mistake. And I think that's incredibly important for you as an advisor. And again, I think you do a great job of that, helping clients understand that. Yeah. And again, it's going back to letting your investor and your client know, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is the plan that we have in, in place. Absolutely. All right, so we're talking a little bit about, you know, the fee base, what's your investment philosophy, what kind of a portfolio you build. And obviously at us at Shoemaker Financial, it always comes down to asset allocation when we're thinking about a portfolio. How much do you put in stocks? How much do you put in bonds? How much do you put in cash? But what's another question that clients should ask and that they should know when they're thinking about getting an advisor? You know, one of the things that I think is really important is who's on your team. Um, and so it's not just your advisor that you're working with. It's, right. it's not just that one person. There is a whole team of people that we work with, whether it's support staff, administration staff, a guy that's the director of investments that I'm talking to right now, right. Um, guys that I'm going to go to in scenarios when something goes past my depth a little bit and, and you know, I'm always going to ask for help. And it's important to know who's behind me and who I'm working with. Again, another great point. You know, I uh, I love both you guys, uh, but it might be a little different if you all were spending a lot of your time focusing on picking investments because, as Jim Whitehead was telling us, you know, the important thing is to spend your time focusing on knowing that client, understanding what they're true and, uh, truly trying to accomplish. And if you understand that, then you come to us and, you know, we're going to help you pick the investments, pick the right portfolio. And again, even thinking about that, and I certainly stand behind you guys, but it's not just me. Uh, at Shoemaker Financial, we make all of our investment decisions with an investment committee. We have a wealth of experience on that committee. I co-chair the committee with Mr. Shoemaker. Of course, he has been in the business since 1978. Jeff Long also sits on our committee. He started the firm with Jim Shoemaker. He's the head of our planning department, brings a wealth of experience, a wealth of knowledge. So hopefully, you know, that helps us provide you guys with solutions and helps you focus on the clients. I tell you what, Chris, let's take a break Check out traffic and weather, see what's going on around town, and we're going to come back and wrap up with a few more questions that you need to be thinking about asking your advisor before you enter into an advisory relationship. Again, I'm Keith Quinn here with Chris Purcell on Talk Money. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return after this. 
Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money. And now, here's Keith Quinn. Welcome back to Talk Money here on AM 990. I'm Keith Quinn speaking with Chris Purcell about some questions that you need to know when you're thinking about finding a financial advisor. So, Chris, we talked a little bit about, you know, how an advisor is compensated, how they pick investments, what their investment philosophy is. Uh, What are some of the other things that that a client potentially needs to know about their advisor? You know, one that may have come up recently that you may have heard a lot about and uh, should have been prevalent a couple of years ago was what standard do you work under? Absolutely. Um, and so a word that, you know, the listeners may have heard, may not have heard, but they will probably be hearing a lot more of it is fiduciary. So uh, what is that? You know, explain to us what that means, Chris. So when you're working under a fiduciary standard, it's something where you're putting your client's interest above all others. It's theirs first before yours, before the firm's, before anyone else's. And now, why that seems like that may be something that's just... That you should automatically have been doing Yeah, that that. you should take for granted and and that it should always be there, not always the case. And so now with the Department of Labor's ruling, you're going to see that be a focus on most people. And as you know, at Shoemaker Financial, it's something that we've been working under Ever since we started, oh, we we really do, and it's something. Again, I, I think that we take uh, take for granted that everybody would do that. You know, put the client's best interest in front of their own. It comes back to something that we had mentioned earlier with uh, with Jim when we were talking about different products. You know, we wouldn't necessarily ever push a product that was just going to have a, a you know more compensation for us. We try to always do what's in the client's best interest. But as you said, with the Department of Labor ruling. That has been codified to the extent that that is going to be pretty much the case, that you are going to be a fiduciary if you're providing retirement advice on these uh, retirement qualified accounts. And ultimately, I think that's a really good thing. I think we should always put the client's interest ahead of our own. So what is something else, Chris, if we look at that, that clients should think about asking an advisor, because again, it's incredibly important to get this uh, the right advisor. You're hopefully locking arms with this person for the rest of your career, for the rest of your retirement. So you need to know these things on the front end. What's something else they should think Certainly. about? Certainly. So we talked about the, uh, the team earlier, uh, and I want to kind of circle back to that a little bit. Okay. Uh, as advisors, we talk to people a lot about retiring. Right. Well... Fortunately, we get to retire at some point in time in our life, and a question should be, hey, what's going to happen to my accounts when you're gone, when you're no longer around? Um, Because we can't work forever, and and we're not going to work forever, so you need to know, hey, who's coming behind me? And that's part of that team aspect that we mentioned earlier a little bit. Right. Who is going to come behind you? And I think that's a, a great point, even though we would all since would love to work forever. Right, guys, since we, we, <laughs> we love our jobs and, and, you know, we like to help people. Uh, but realistically, uh, I think uh, we'd like to have a retirement, too. You know, the one thing I'm hearing you both say is is forever. You know, when you when your car has a problem, you go in, you get it fixed or what happens in 10 years, you get a new car. Right. Right. I know when I was talking to my dentist the other day, he said, Jim, if your tooth goes bad, I can always give you a new one. But what you're helping me with 
is today, tomorrow, and the rest of my life. The rest of your life. And I keep hearing y'all talk, and I keep thinking the professional responsibility of knowing the client and putting in the right strategies for that client today, tomorrow, and forever. I mean, because it's not about just the client. It's about their children and their grandchildren. That professional responsibility that I hear both of you talking about you know, I'm sitting here, I'm getting goosebumps because it's overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming. <laughs> right. But the other side of this is you can't do it alone. There's That's right. No one man or woman or professional can know it all to make all the right decisions for our clients. It's just, it's wonderful to hear what y'all are talking about. I love it. Well, that's great. And again, we like to talk about, we are passionate about it. We do like to help people. So Chris, give us a, give us a final thought about what people should be asking uh, for, uh, again, on the front end to understand what their, how their advisor does business. Sure. I think one of the most important things that we haven't talked about is, is credentials. Credentials are important. You know, what, what are you certified with? Uh, what licensings do you hold? Uh, do you have a clean record? Right. I mean, that's something that's that's very basic and, again, something that we all probably take for granted. Uh, but it's something that can be checked easily on the Internet just by, by broker checking someone and making sure that, hey, this person is, is doing quality business uh, and, and has done quality business in the past. I think again, and, and I know we talk about that a lot, you know, and, and I would, uh, uh, am certainly uh, pursuing the uh, certified financial planning designation. I think that's something that everyone in our industry, as we think more about being uh, fiduciaries, needs to do. Several of us at the firm are accredited, uh, accredited investment fiduciaries. We have been for years. Again, we've tried to operate under these standards when we make recommendations. But I think that's a, that's a great point. And that's something that you really, really need to think about when you're looking at your advisor. You you know, one of the things we've been talking about, guys, has been this relationship. Well, I think that clients have the right to know that we're competent to provide this advice. We do have a great team. I think at Shoemaker Financial, we have a wealth of knowledge and experience. I think we provide very sophisticated solutions to people's uh, investment planning needs, but credentials are a part of that. And even though you may not have a CFP, and I don't, uh, but Jeff Long does, uh, Jason Frazier does, uh, so I can go to those guys and get them to provide me advice and realize that I have those resources behind me. You know, one other thing with the credentials that I know we talk about a lot, but it's also the license. A lot of times sure. licenses get overlooked. That's such a big part because we can't bring certain products and tools to the table if we're not adequately licensed and licensed in the state where the client resides. And licensed in the state where you the client resides. You know, and that's huge. That's, that's really important. That's SEC. That's FINRA. Those all, that's all those other rules that we, we sometimes clients don't know to ask. And I think that's what you all talking about. How educated, how versed, how licensed is the as the advisor who's helping. Well, guys, I think that is great advice, and thank you so much for being on the show this morning. Uh, I've enjoyed it, and I hope uh, I hope our listeners have. I have been here with Jim Whitehead and Chris Purcell. You can reach out to either one of them at 901-757-5757. And, in fact, you could actually see Chris in person on April 28th. He is going to be doing a seminar with Terry Hurt. Girls just want to have funds. Uh, it is a great seminar. It's going to be from 545 to 645 again on Thursday, April 28th. Just reach out to the office to RSVP, 901-757-5757. I'd like to thank our guest and client coordinator, Francis Fortner, uh, our production assistants, Eleanor, Eleanor Moskovitz, uh, our compliance officer, Jim Shoemaker, who will be back next week with Jonathan, Jonathan McAllister to talk about how to survive a market swoon, even though the market doesn't swoon, in my opinion. Uh, until then, I am Keith Quinn for Shoemaker Financial, helping you make the most of your money. Uh-huh.
Keith Quinn, Jim Whitehead, and Chris Purcell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.